0: up your engines and accelerate towards economic growth, introducing Backroads of Appalachia, the groundbreaking initiative that fuels economic development through motorsports. Motorsports has long been more than just a thrilling spectacle, it's a dynamic platform that ignites growth in local economies, creates jobs, and transforms communities. When we invest in motorsports, we invest in innovation. The quest for speed pushes boundaries, leading to cutting-edge technologies that find applications in various industries, from automotive to aerospace. But that's not all. Backroads of Appalachia generates tremendous employment opportunities, from skilled mechanics to marketing specialists. We're revving up job creation for people from all walks of life. And let's not forget the fans. Motorsports events draw crowds from all over, injecting a surge of tourism into local businesses, hotels and restaurants. And shops thrive as visitors gather to witness the exhilaration of the track. Hosting motorsports events puts your city on the map. It elevates your community to the global stage, attracting international audiences and investors eager to be part of the excitement. But Backroads of Appalachia doesn't just cater to established businesses, it nurtures the aspirations of future generations too. We inspire young minds to pursue careers in STEM fields and motorsports, paving the way for a brighter, more technologically advanced tomorrow. Join the Backroads of Appalachia movement today and experience the engine of economic development roar into your community. everybody here we are uh we've got ashley gabbard in the studio with us she's going to tell us her story and uh there's no holding back on this podcast i believe everybody from uh you know knows pretty well now that uh i prefer the guests that come on this podcast not to censor themselves or no, uh sugarcoat anything so uh ashley is going to give you probably a, a tale a true story that may have never heard before. So I'm just going to hand it over to you and you take it away.
1: Okay, what's up, bro? My name is Ashley Gabbert. Um, I'm a recovering addict, but uh, I'm a recovering needle junkie. Uh, I have almost three years clean. Um, It'll be four years in April of next year that I haven't stuck a needle in my arm.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, All the honor goes to God. Um, You know, and a big thing in my life was... I tried to stay sober, but I never really found God until this last time that I got sober. And, you know, I had to just realize, you know, you don't go to the shower clean. Because my big thing was, you know, maybe you have to walk a perfect life or or whatever, you know. And once I realized that and just let things go little by little, um, my life started uh, just to fall in pieces. You know, um, I'll start with uh, my childhood. Um, I come from a broken family. Um, I won't really go into detail about my childhood. Um, I had a, my dad died of a drug overdose, uh, which was kind of horrible, but, mm. you know, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, and I had to pull the plug. We did. And, uh, when we went up there, you know, uh, and pulled the plug, he woke up for a second and, and that still haunts me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I could get on here and I could diss him or i could diss anybody but i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna tell my story right right you know so um by the time i was 10 i'd been high and drunk um really so 10 years old 10 years old um whether it was sneaking doing it whether it was you know just thinking i was cool because i seen my older uncles do it or or you know whatever um and i liked the way it felt and i think that was more of a uh Kind of in my blood thing you know um and i'm a little hard on my kids for that reason but uh you know as, as things progressed my other friends wasn't smoking at 12 and they wasn't you know doing the things that i was doing and um i could say that i was the bad seed you know i was the mm-hmm. bad friend i was the the bad person to hang out with um you know things just progressed um I probably done meth for the first time when I was about 14. Um, yeah. I run away from home, and uh, I remember being gone for like six days in Manchester. Did not know who I was with or, or anything, you know, and uh, I liked the way it made me feel. Yeah. Which was crazy. Um, no child deserves that, you know, but I, I put myself through it. And uh, I quit for a little while, you know. I decided to get my head in school. And I did, and uh, I done good for about four or five years. But in the midst of all that, I got pregnant with my first child. Right. Um. Very young. I was 16. I was 17 when I had her. Uh, Ten months later, I got pregnant again. Mm. You know, so I had two babies. Um. I did. I did graduate and get my diploma. I went on to getting a job at the board of education. Okay. So you know, I done good. Yeah. Uh, I had good work ethic, and uh, I just had. I had a, a bad day one day, you know, too much stress, too much everything. Uh, and uh, I remember I was cleaning windows, and I fell off this ladder. Um, I had co op through the Daniel Boone, but I continued to work there after, after that, you know. Yeah. And I couldn't pass a drug screen, so I thought, you know, here this goes. <laughs> and I just, and, you know, now that I look back at it now, you know, that was God, because I'd just been getting high like a week. Okay. And that sh- that should have been my wake-up call, you know, like, wake up, mm-hmm. you know, Instead, it just, uh, sent me down a downward spiral. Um, after that, me and my, well, me and my oldest kid's dad had already split up. Um, my oldest two girls got different dads. I got good kids, man. I got good kids that didn't deserve the mommy they got, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, how they still love me, I don't know. But I always thought I was a good mommy, you know, in certain ways, because I always, uh, they was always with my granny. My granny had it all, you know, mm-hmm. when really they wouldn't have cared if I lived in a shoebox right. as long as they would have had me. And they, that's something they didn't have. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I was pretty bad. I remember, you know, my granny telling me that she was happy to see me get sober, you know, before she died. She actually got to see that because she said every time the phone rang and it'd be late at night, actually, I think he was in a ditch somewhere. Um, yeah. I was actually visiting my kids when a, one big moment in my life that I realized I wanted to be different was, uh, I was visiting my kids at DCBS, K- helped took me in the room and she said, uh, when I left here last night, not only did I pray for you, but I cried for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I said, you know, I said, uh, sometimes that happens. I didn't let her see no emotion, you know, but that stuck with me, Yeah, it, it stuck with me and, uh." going and visiting your kids at dcbs man and uh having your kids to be scared of being around you and just the lifestyle it's just Mm -hmm. there's nothing fun in it you know um if i didn't wake up and and do a shot of dope every day i didn't feel like a normal human and and to to say that now like what i'm and what i'm trying to do with other people it's super emotional like it's hard to even fight back tears from just saying that you know and There's a day that if I didn't get that before my kids got took, you know, thank God that my kids did get took, you know, the mommy, I'm hungry, you know, all that had to wait, all that had to wait until I got what I got, you know, I was, I was selfish. I was all, all of it and, uh, which is horrible, but today, uh, yesterday I just went and got my grandbaby for the first time on my own, you know, in Leslie County that's awesome that, yeah that's huge uh, i'm able to help with school clothes if she needs them you know my daughter has three kids well two kids and one on the way uh and michael has we all we have grandbabies together and there's mm-hmm. nothing like them grandbabies you know um, yeah they'll make you a different person mm-hmm. um i've been sober for in april like i said it'll make four years uh
0: that's great.
1: Now I've had to take a constant inventory of myself because I've been my biggest enemy. You know, when you, uh, when you do everybody wrong, you do your kids wrong, you do yourself wrong, you do, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think forgiving myself is the biggest thing that I have trouble with. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's horrible. And uh, I have a child right now, uh, Kelsey, uh, I feel like she hates me, which, I mean, I know she probably don't hate me, but. How old is she? Um, she's 20. Okay. I have a 21-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 9-year-old.
2: Okay.
1: So, um, it's been really hard, and I wouldn't blame her. I mean, my point is I wouldn't blame her if she did, you know. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is try to show her that I can be different. Oh, yeah. Than, than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's she's heard this. Uh, I'm sober before. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I just have to just, you know, show her different. Um, it's been hard, and it's been hard being in Jackson County, being sober, which I'm not knocking Jackson County. I love this place, you know? Yeah. I was born in Hamilton, Ohio, moved down here back and forth, you know, for many years growing up. But uh, I've never seen a place that's just uh, It's just so easy to fall back into that, you know? That yeah. it's. It's just like a going thing you know what I it's mean?
0: very accessible yeah and any not just jackson County, but any small rural community is it's so easily accessible you can get it anywhere
1: yeah and within uh,
0: 10 minutes
1: and i remember you know my my biggest thing was my life changed well before i got middle school but in middle school you know mm-hmm. like um middle school is hard years it's hard years for any child yeah but uh, just i'm just glad that they do different things now than they did because <laughs> you know i see it and i'm like yeah thank god they're searching or yeah yeah you know because that's hard years
0: um yeah middle school was hard for me and i wasn't even involved in that kind of lifestyle yeah so i mean yeah i understand what you're saying it's super hard it's years. super hard years
1: um I got two brothers that I love dearly. Uh, we may fight, but nobody else is going to talk about them. <laughs> right, right, I mean? yeah. You know that's what mean? brothers and sisters do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I pray for them both. You know, I'm sure that they've prayed for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing this thing, it's called Sling Some Hope because I'm trying to be the person that I needed back then, you know? Yeah. Not the person that's going to be like, Hey, uh, you're doing this wrong, or you're doing this wrong. Just kind of, you know, love you back to life type yeah. thing. Give you some kind of encouragement that, you know, falling is normal, and it's normal to fall a lot when you're mm-hmm. when you're trying to get your life back together. Um, and there's not a lot of that around here. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's little programs you can go to, you know, but. There's not somebody that's going to be like, hey, you can sit right here and you can tell me anything. I'm not going to tell nobody else. You can get it out. You know, we can talk about it. And I I have friends that has resources and we can help you however you need help. Mm -hmm. And you know that, that keeps me sober. I mean, I keep myself sober, but that helps me to stay sober. Absolutely. And uh, man, since I've tried to live right, you wouldn't believe the amazing people that that god will send in your life you know yeah. just put it right in the middle of your life and when you feel so defeated and just so like you know i'm not worth this or like why would they talk to me
2: yeah
1: type thing you know uh, i got a few of them i'm gonna name them Lynetta hunter brian gabbard yeah uh, brandon flannery you know our ch- our church people uh
0: yeah. awesome folks
1: my event that i've had you know brian left his little girls ball game to come to my event and was really? while, was watching it on the phone yeah, i saw them. him there on facebook <laughs> yeah and you know that that let me know that he believed in and what i was doing you know because there's been many a times that i've been in jail just you know i've been in jackson county jail 14 times for assault really <laughs> before i got sober you know yeah, yeah. crazy crazy person <clears throat>
0: Was all those like related to drugs?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of them was my kids dad, You know, uh, he would just I don't know. He he died of a drug overdose too. And okay. for my kids' sake, I'm just not gonna go there either. You know, right. Right. They're young. And I got they you. Listen. I got you. Uh, but it was it wasn't fun. Uh, the only fun part that came out of it was my kids. Uh, he died last August, and uh, man, when you take a uh, when you take your babies and, uh, watch them bury their, a parent, you know, and mm-hmm. you sit back and you watch them hurt and you think, you know, not only am I, am I like so hurt, but thank you, God, thank mm-hmm. you, God, that I'm not laying there too, you know, yeah, that, that I got, I was smart enough to get myself out of that situation and it, it wasn't even with him, it was just with drugs, you know, yeah, and, and everything, you know, um. My kids are amazing, and I don't know. You know, um, I do this thing, this links some hope. I have uh, meetings on Saturdays at 6 p.m. I've had a lot of trouble with, you know, getting people to come to meetings because. You throw a meeting and God in the mix, and like I said, people think they got to live perfect. Uh, that
0: is kind of, yeah. Unfortunately, that is kind of the stigma that goes along with something like that. Yeah. That they automatically think that you're going to get them there and you're going to preach at them. Yeah. And you know, I for one, uh, when I hear stuff like that. It kind of gets on my nerves. Yeah. I don't want to be preached at. Right. Sometimes, you know, I all I want in just my problems in my life. I just want somebody to hear me. Yeah. Just to listen to just me. To listen. Don't fix my problems. Yeah. Don't try to help me fix yeah. my problems. Just listen to me vent. That's all I want sometimes.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome, you know. To, uh, and I, I, I catch myself, you know, I still have the, uh, the angry part of me, you know. Those many assault charges, you have to have an angry issue. <laughs> but you, might, you uh, might have a little bit of a temper. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I tell myself daily, you know, <clears throat> it's not my circus, not my monkeys. I say yeah. that a million times a day. You know? Yeah. So I try to, you know, mind my own business in in certain situations, and you know that goes over pretty good. But um, you know, I, I have this meeting, and to me, I like a good meeting. I like somebody to come in and you know just. Be falling apart and feel like they can tell me whatever they want to. And no, it's not going to go out those doors. I'm not going to say nothing to no one else. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm going to be the person that I needed to get sober. And I was a uh, I was a person of many faces. You know, I'd put this face on for my grandma. I'd put the sober face on for her. The mommy face on for my kids. You know, and mm-hmm. nobody ever got to see the real me. And I didn't even know the real me. So you yeah. know, cutting back all those layers. And doing steps, and I mean that's that's hard in itself. Yeah. So people just need they need somebody to listen, and they need to hear other people that's been in the same in the same you know lifestyle, the same situations that they have here. You know, like. Andrew Hager, man, they're they're awesome. Lake Cumberland Recovery, they're good people. Um, yeah,
0: they were they are really good people. They were on the podcast. Those people were a ball of energy.
1: Yes, and they are. They're they're just a ball of fun, you know. Um, they come to my event, and I called Jessica, and she was just like, "Yes, honey, you get us down," <laughs> you know. And yeah. I was like, "Awesome." Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she told me something <laughs> that that gives me courage in doing this. She said, "I am a." Small town comeback story, you know. I yeah. said, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, comeback story. I just, I just want to create something that people know that they're safe. They can go to that, mm-hmm. that you know, a somewhere they can give their testimony or or anything they want to do, and and just not feel judged, not feel like you know, well, you have to be saved by God or you have to be this or you have to be yeah. that because yeah. I mean, I I don't care either way, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because I've had to find a bigger power for myself to explain everything that's going on doesn't yeah. mean that I'm going to push it down somebody else's throat. Well,
0: yeah, that's very important in uh, any community. Unfortunately, people is going to talk and look at, pe- and look at people uh, that are addicted to some substance in a negative way. So to have some type of safe haven that you can go to where there's no judgment, there's no ill will, there's nothing bad or derogatory going to be said to you or about you. People really need to know that there is a place like that. Yeah. So this is a really good thing that you're doing.
1: I appreciate that. I'm going to read this. Up. <clears throat> like you, I'm, I'm pretty big on Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I found this. It's called The Junkie's Prayer. It says, That bed I lay in is, a, is narrow and cold. This sickness inside me, the tears in my soul. And the devil awaits me, he calls me his son, for he knows I'm cornered and too weak to run. For I soon return to the gutter of thrills, where joy is the needle or bottle of pills, where a man welcomes misery like an old friend from home, that he uses and abuses till the misery is gone. My mind is filled with torture, my body's in pain, but the needle in my arm, it sinks in my vein. Just a matter of seconds, then I will be free from the coldness and darkness that dominates me. But the freedom is short-lived, and then I'm alone. I must find the punisher, but my money's all gone. The cycle of horror starts over once more. Oh, God, let me suffer this misery no more.
0: Wow. That was Johnny Cash.
1: (laughs) Johnny Cash. And you know that, uh, that, uh, that hurts to read that, you know, because, uh, I don't think of my misery when I read that. I think everybody else's misery, you know. Because mm. um, I've made it okay with myself, you know. I think of, of, like I said, those little children knocking on the door, or, and I think you know when you're when you're an addict or you're in an addict in recovery. Um, I think probably the biggest thing to going back out and using is not being able to forgive yourself for those things. Oh
2: yeah, yeah.
1: You know because there's things that you don't even tell other people or things that you don't even talk about that either you've had to do to feel better or you've done to somebody, you know, and that guilt will, will eat you up. But, uh, man, letting that go is a new, is a new level of freedom.
0: Do you think that all those bad feelings you have about the neglect of your children or your family members and stuff like that can drive you back to the drugs?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, they say people, places, and things is, is uh, the number one, which, I mean, I do agree with that. But I think being alone with your thoughts, you know, uh, yeah. it's, to me, a big thing uh, when, you're, when you're just starting to get your life together. You know, stay busy. Mm-hmm. Stay so busy that you don't have time to think. Yeah. And having a an accountability partner, somebody that's going to call you out on your bullshit. Yeah. You know, say, hey, you know, you're, I'll, I'll have your back in front of people, but this is what you done wrong, and this is what you should have done. Yeah. And be open-minded. You know, listen to their point of view because uh, something else I had to learn. Man, you know, there's there's a hundred ways to do something. And just because somebody else does something that's not your way, don't mean it's it's not, not got the same outcome.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true.
1: I'm like, you know, let me do it my way or, I mean, I'm, you know.
0: Especially when you're talking about sobriety. We was talking about this uh, on a previous episode <laughs> that I, <coughs> uh, aired today. And we was talking about uh, in some way we got the point across that every person's breaking point is different. And every person's path to recovery is different. You can't just treat every single person and every single, every single addiction the same way,
2: No,
0: because I know that there's tons of treatment centers, you know, and they all may have a certain protocol that they follow. And, uh, you know, God bless them for trying, you know, you need more and more, uh, recovery centers and everything. But, um, Everybody's path to recovery is very different. Oh, yeah, I gosh. would imagine.
1: It is, uh, it is, and you know, especially people that has children, um, compared to people that, that don't have children, because um, as you start getting sober, man, uh, the the sober tears, you know, they start to fall. And when they say that drugs numb you, they numb you. You know, yeah. they 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 numb the pain. They numb they numb the you know the the love. They, yeah. numb. they numb it all you know and when you uh, whether it's jail, whether it's rehab, mm-hmm. you know when you start feeling those sober tears, you know that's that's when you are that's when you're like, you know, oh my God, I can feel and they yeah. say you know that being sober there's one good thing and one bad thing you know, oh my God, I can feel and yeah. oh my God, I can feel mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know? yeah so it goes either way you want to think it.
0: I've got a question uh, what do you say to somebody? a family member of an addict or a very close friend of an addict. What, what do you, what advice would you give that person dealing with someone that is dealing with addiction that is constantly coming at them, uh, needing money or needing help or something like that. And they give them that help or they give them that money or that car ride to somebody's house or something. And then, uh, you never see them again. Or they just feel like they're being used by the person. Because the reason I say that is because there was a person on the podcast who was dealing with that type of situation. They feel like they're just enabling this person and they really don't know what to do about it. They feel like they're just telling them what they want to hear to get what they need. Yeah,
1: uh, that was my grandma. Uh, I grew up in, I mean, my mom lives here in Jackson County. I was like, <coughs> I love my mom and stuff, but uh, I spent most of my time with my grandmas in 3C bottoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's where I grew up at. That was my was stomping grounds. Uh, my grandma was my biggest enabler. You mm-hmm. know, oh Ashley, you know you. That yeah, shit. yeah. You guys are lying. She couldn't be doing that. You know, and I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. behind her like, ha ha. You know. Oh yeah. So uh, I use that to my advantage. <clears throat> the people that that's in active addiction, they know how to use that to their advantage you know they're going to play on the things that pulls your heartstrings, and one of you know there was six or seven waking points in my life but when my grandma was finally like you know i love you but don't ever come back here
2: yeah yeah
1: you know when she gave me that tough love and when i come back and she mm-hmm. locked her door in my face yeah and i was just like but grandma it's me it's actually yeah <laughs> the one that came to no wrong yeah um, that's when I was just like, wow, you know, like, she is done. So I'm going to have to do better and prove myself. Um, You know, that tough love, uh, it it may hurt that person more than it does the addict. Mm -hmm. But believe it or not, they will find another enabler before they get their life together, you know. It won't just be one. Usually when you have that mentality, you'll you'll find somebody else to do it to.
0: Would you, like, if you can't imagine, say – at your worst point would you have rather that loved one cut you off completely and maybe tried to stop enabling you or help you get on or just make your life harder in order to make it better would you have rather that person cut you off completely looking back you know obviously uh I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, would you just rather be on your own or rather rather have that enabler in your life?
1: You know, I guess uh, if that's the only person that that person feels safe with or, you know, everybody has to have somebody. And I'm not saying that being an enabler – is what you should do because it's not, you know, um, yeah. you could take that person somewhere and then get a, a bag of dope. It'd be laced with a certain type of fentanyl and it kill them. So what did you yeah. enable them to do? Yeah. You enabled them to die. You, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, I I'm not saying you know cut them off completely. There's this thing called Casey Law, and you mm-hmm. know, I don't think you even have to be kin if you can get a court order. Um, Yeah. You just have to have so many people sign it, so there has to be probable cause. You can casey law people for nine months. Man, nine months of sober living. That's a long time. Somebody'll get their life together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um and whether it's it's forced or whatever, you know, I've heard people say, Did you get sober on your own or is it forced? What's it matter?
0: Yeah, it don't matter, I don't think.
1: (laughs) You know, I've I've seen At least you're sober. Yeah, I've seen people be you know, be extremely judgmental, but when you choose to get when you choose to get sober, you can't wear your feelings on your sleeve. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, I have all these tattoos and throat tattoos and, yeah. and stuff, and I mean, I look scary anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but them to be like, you know, there's that old girl that, you know, she'll steal and whatever. You know, I've had people just, you know, lock me out of their house, be completely terrified maybe be there to pray for them <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. or mm-hmm. something crazy. You know, uh, I seen this poor woman at the landing the other day and. And I just had to stand there, you know. Uh, I, today I'm scared not to obey God because I've done so much wrong. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, if I feel this, like, <laughs> poor Michael, I put him through so much. But if I feel this big crazy need to pray for this person, I just stood up there and I was like, you know, can I pray for you? And and they just started bawling. Um, and I don't look like the type that's going to pray for anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's just they're crying, like, you know, I don't look like the top, or I'm really sincere. But uh, yeah. People do change, man, um, and this is a judgmental place, so I'm not talking Ooh. about nobody around here, just saying it, it it's a judgmental place. Well, yeah,
0: people are inherently judgmental about <laughs> yeah. everything, yeah. you know, uh, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, people get their feelings hurt now more than I've ever seen <laughs> in, yeah, <they> do. <laughs> in my life. You know, I don't remember there being so many diseases and so many, uh, mm-hmm. it's just crazy, it's yeah. a crazy world, but... uh you know, uh, they say sober is a disease. I think it's a disease and a choice. You know, I'm not categor- I'm not saying it's not a disease, but I chose to use and I yeah. chose to get sober. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, uh, I made my own choices. But uh, this thing I'm trying to do, man, uh, it's awesome. It's something awesome. We're going to make a float for the parade and just like just have some inspirational quotes. Uh, next year, you know, I'd like to have a bunch of addicts on that float. Yeah. People, people that uh, got their got their uh, life together didn't get their life together. Yeah. Has the will to get their life together. Yeah. You know that's the cool thing about it. I don't care if you're ten days sober, ten minutes sober, or mm-hmm. the thought crossed your mind ten minutes ago. You know. Yeah. I'll, I'll treat you the same.
0: Well, yeah. You have to. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Uh, I have <coughs> seen a lot of people on social media getting clean here lately. Within the last year or so. People that uh, I used to hang around, you know, yeah. growing up, running around McKee or London, like I used to call it the Circle up there. I'm sure you know what mm-hmm. that is. But uh, I have seen a lot of people getting uh, getting clean and finding uh, religion, whatever that may be, in their own personal situation. So it's it's. I think there's a I think there's a little bit of a change going yeah. going on, and I swear I think it's because of people that's recovered and doing things like what you are doing, yeah. you know, spreading awareness about, you know, just everything involved with recovery. I think there's uh, the winds are changing or <laughs> yeah. something. You yeah. know, I'm glad to see it.
1: Yeah, me too, man. You know, uh, addiction takes the most beautiful souls. Uh, there's beautiful souls in everything you do, but you can talk to somebody that's uh, been in a lot of recovery or been an addict, and, man, uh, they're just genuine. You know know what I mean? They're genuine because they know what it's like to have nothing. And Mm. they're also genuine because they know how hard they've worked to get everything back. You know, so uh, it's just, uh, it's amazing when I see somebody that's turned their life around. You know, it's hard for me not to cry or to hear somebody else's testimony, it's hard for me not to cry. Now, am I where Andrew Hager and Jessica Ringer, can I jump around and give it like that? No, but I will one day. You, <laughs> you will. Know what oh, I mean? yeah, you will. I will one I'm day. I'm sure you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, at my own rally, man, I got up there and I just, like, froze. And I was like, yeah. I wish I could just do a double tape. But I was like, you know, God wanted me to do that because they – they needed somebody else's testimony more than they did mine. Or, yeah. Or everything happens for a reason, you
0: know. Well, yeah, that was a great thing you did. And, you know, something that I've noticed on Facebook or social media in general and meeting those people that was here the other day and meeting you, there's a very obvious fire
1: yeah.
0: in, in, in you all. Yeah. There's a lot of energy
1: yeah.
0: in you all. And I guess... I don't know if i mentioned this during that episode or not but it seems like that pe- that people that have suffered from addiction ultimately recovered see it as a completely rebirth in, yeah. in a lot of ways yeah t-
1: today we're busy living you know what I mean?
0: yeah i mean that's what that's kind of what i you know you the i think it was bambi that mentioned you know when she uh, uh, got sober she had to get all the all these documents and or somebody at the table that day was mentioning i had to get a license i had to get this i had to get that and i was so excited to, to, to get all this stuff you know and i was sitting here thinking i was like you know that's kind of like a coming of age like going from 15 to 16 yeah. years old getting yeah. your license and stuff but i don't believe, i don't believe they ever had all that
1: no no.
0: because of addiction took over and they were not worried about it. all they was worried about was that fix yeah
1: that's right you know um so that was
0: something I thought
1: yeah that's huge it is huge you know to uh, to for me you know I took my kids to Sevierville Tennessee school shopping and I took my car to this lot because the muffler fell off you know mm-hmm. I had this little <laughs> I call it an 86 Pinto, but it's not. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 06 Nissan Sentra, but, man, it's good on gas. It oh, might yeah. not look the best, but it's That's good That's the on most gas. important thing <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, and uh, he's like, you know, uh, not only did your muffler fall off, but your tires are bald. And I'm like thinking, man, i got to take these kids' school shopping. I said, you know what, put, put four new ones on it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, how good did that feel? Yeah, you know? to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, and then still be able to pull off taking your kids shopping, and then, you know, take them somewhere to this big race car track and stuff. It was just like, you know, just the blessings. Uh, you see the blessings a little different because, I mean, I'm not saying there ain't blessings because now that I look back at it, like there were so many curveballs thrown my way that mm-hmm. should have made me open my eyes. Uh, I overdosed five times in a month. Uh, wow. Once I had to be flown out right here at the middle school. You know, uh, not a lot of people get that, but uh, I remember being in a body bag, and uh, I had headphones on like this when I come to, and uh, I was freaking out because I I was all bound up, you know, and uh, in those headphones, it was saying, be still, Destination UK, and you know, I was just like,
0: didn't know
1: where I was going or what was, you know, stuff went off all around me, and I remember, you know, waking up for bits and pieces, but I was in there for eight weeks. You know that didn't open my eyes. As soon as I got back out, like I could not wait. I probably got high before I left there. Yeah. You know, the normal person that would have been that that would have been all it took. You mm-hmm. know, but I think I had so much self sabotage for yeah. all of the wrongs that I had done that that I didn't care if I lived or died. Um. And another another you know uh, another big thing for me was you know if I was around a bunch of people somewhere, especially where there was a lot of meth, was my drug of choice. Mm-hmm. Um. And my big thing was, you know, how much do you want? How much do you want? And they'd ask me that, and I'd be like, try to kill me. Really? That's you know? what you'd say, <laughs> yeah, try that, to kill that, me. that was my thing, you know? Wow. Um, and what can you say? You know, I don't try to shove God down people's throat because, I mean, I hated when it was done to me. Yeah. But what can you say other than you know, I look back at it and it's like, man, there's nobody else could have been like in all those little places, yeah. you know, that I, that I was at, uh, you know, 30 days at a time. Nobody else could have followed me around and had the energy, but God. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's, so, that's unreal that you would actually say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you overdose five times in a month. In that's, a month, that's yeah. at least uh, one week where you've done it twice. Yeah.
1: You know, I, <laughs> I, the big story was then, uh, I, I had, a. Surgery on my finger, and I come home with the IV. So, uh, my IV just got <clears throat> septic. No, you know, that was my story. But the truth is, it wasn't. You know, I was shooting, yeah. I was shooting stuff into a pig line that was straight into my heart.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: you know, so it was horrible, man. You know, and today I wake up and uh, I learned. I don't. I don't know where I learned this along the way. You know, we used to when Michael was in drug court. That was a big step, too. You know, once you do something like drug court and you stay sober, we were sober for 26 months. Yeah. Um, And we got back out there and fell on our face for a little while. But mm-hmm. uh, when you're sober that long, man, and you uh, get high again, it's different. It's not oh, really No. You don't. It's not enjoyable. You don't like what you feel because you've had the taste of how it feels to cry real tears and yeah. feel them. Yeah. How it feels to smile a smile and feel happy in your heart or... You know, you you have a taste of those things, and when you go back to this this thing that numbs everything and masks it all, you're not you're like you know where's all that at? You know. Yeah. So normally somebody that's been through a big program like that and they go back out in it, it don't take them long to to see, hey man, this is ridiculous. I'm going to put myself somewhere. I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Yeah. To feel that again because. It's not the same. It's not the same high, you know. So uh, thank God for drug court here in Jackson County. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank thank God for uh, Brian Gabbard. Thank God for other pastors and people that just lead people to to a better life, you know, without judgment. Because these people already feel so beat down and judged and they're so... um, They're so just Drowned in their self-pity And self, you know, that they hate their self That, you know, one wrong look One is going to deter them From anything that they had thinking about good So, that's not me, you know That's not me, I'll I'll do whatever I can to help anybody And I'm in this to win this I'm going to, even if nobody comes to these meetings I'm going to stand in the parking lot until somebody shows up Well, yeah, (laughs) absolutely absolutely would Don't give up Absolutely,
0: because Persistence is key. Yeah. Uh, Somebody told me, uh,
1: I think it was Brandon Flannery, which we absolutely adore him and Liz too. uh, He said, you know, they say that something has to be either on the air or going on for two years before it it goes big. It's a known fact. Yeah, yeah. I've read that. That is true. I've read that. Yeah. So that's
0: awesome. Yeah, I would definitely keep it up because, I mean, uh, uh, another little stigma that comes along with uh, rural, small rural communities is that it takes a while to get anybody involved in anything. Yeah. People are so used to it just being the way that it currently is. And they're just complacent and satisfied with how it is that it kind of takes a while for anything to catch on. Yeah. You know, I'm that way right now with this podcast, you know, it's catching on little by little. A lot of people do listen to it. Uh, but, uh, like I've said a hundred times, if I had one person listening to it I'd still do it. Yeah. And I know that you're the same yeah, way with this. Sure. If there was one person down there right. you'd put every bit of your heart and soul into it, right. it as if there was a thousand people That's there.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's
0: what you gotta do.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, and I you know, I hope it grows, but if it don't, you know, the right people will come, the right you know, I I, I have complete faith in it. Mm-hmm. So I mean I'm I've I've lived my whole life disappointed and I'm putting my heart and soul into something that's good. So, like, even if nobody shows up, I'm going to have a meeting anyway because yeah. I need it. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: Absolutely. So, I so, me
1: and him do it together. You know, we've got to where now, you know, we're in key with each other, and that's pretty mm-hmm. cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing good things. I mean... Like, like I've said, again, like I've said, I do this podcast as much for myself as I do everybody else because it's therapy for me. Yeah, that's so awesome. for you to do that, whether there's anybody there or not, that's something that you need conti- to continue because it gives you something to keep your mind occupied. Right. It gives you something to look forward to doing. It keeps you busy. Yeah. You know, it's the therapy for you. That's right. You know? um, and uh,
1: you're doing great things, too. You know, uh, I didn't until about a month or so before the because i i stay so busy and where we did work mm-hmm. we just recently got wi-fi so like for like eight hours a day we we're like isolated from everything yeah, you yeah. know <laughs> royal <laughs> part of jackson county it's literally off grid yeah so, yeah which i don't know if that's a good thing or bad but um you know i had been hearing about what's up real podcast and this and that. you know i was checking it out but man everybody's talking about it so, well, you're, doing so. Too. you're doing good too and well thank uh, you i appreciate it to have to have people on here that's not just like a certain criteria of this person or this, but that's awesome. Yeah. That's what people need, you know, because I, I know there's more raw stories than, than mine, and I could have went in detail and hurt feelings, and, mm. you know, but but that's not me. You right, know, right. I, I I have to be accountable for my mistakes, and that's all I can fix today. I can't oh, yeah. fix what nobody else does. And, you know, people that, that go through divorce, you go through all kinds of crazy stuff in life and you know if you sit and soak and dwell on that you're gonna be sick forever mm-hmm. you let things make you sick as yeah. long as you as as long as you play into them you know uh you gotta get up from that and you gotta realize hey you know uh, i can either make my life can either be better or bitter you know that's up to me yeah you know I mean? yeah i
0: yeah. completely agree with you uh i have gotten along with the best of people as far as their lifestyle and the worst of people yeah. all my life I've never I've never not gotten along with somebody because of how they live their life I've always been able to get along with the devil yeah. uh, as long as they're good to me yeah. you know uh, but uh, having uh, a wide variety or range of people on this podcast is what I had in mind from the beginning you know we beefy was a part of it and uh, it wasn't so much guest-based. We had people on, mm-hmm. but it's uh, not not every episode.
2: Yeah.
0: And it is kind of that way more so now, which I am really enjoying. Yeah. Because I want to hear people's stories. Yeah. I'm uh, inherently curious about people yeah. and what they got going on and stuff. I like to listen to yeah. people. So uh, I could have a preacher sitting there tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and then a devil worshiper tom- the next day, yeah. you know, and I'd be just as interested in what the one has to say as the other one.
1: Yeah, and that's what, you know, that's what people need to, <coughs> they uh, they need to hear a variety of things because uh, I myself, for a long time, I didn't know where I fit in, you know, or where I belonged or who I was supposed to be. My big thing, you know, when I got sober was uh, until, until I got my kids back and, you know, me and Michael was forever thing you know when you Mm -hmm. go in the grocery store and you think about what do i like yeah you know i've always known what my kids like and Mm -hmm. i know what this person liked and i know what they liked and how they like it but what do i like you know um and i've i've realized you know if you take one week and you do one good thing for yourself that you like not Mm -hmm. something everybody else likes even if it's listening to a song you like yeah you know like um just help yourself be better like People say, you know, I don't have no friends. Or, that's okay. You know, be your own friend. Love yourself. That's, mm-hmm. and, and that's the hardest thing ever. So if I had any advice for somebody that's out there struggling, you know, um, take small steps. Nobody's going to be perfect. Like I said, you don't go to the shower clean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You I like the, that analogy. Yeah, that's you, a good one. You go to the shower dirty to get clean. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's that's me. I got my life In order to get better, Mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen overnight. You don't wanna get your kids back overnight, but man, it's a work in progress. And those kids are gonna welcome you home with open arms, whether it takes you four years or four days. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. They're they're gonna love you no matter what, Mm -hmm. and they're worth it. They're worth getting back.
0: Absolutely are. I'm really happy for you.
1: Thank you so much. Really
0: happy. Really proud of you. You've done good, and I know you'll continue to do good. Yeah, I, I have no
1: other choice. I don't have another one left in me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's like I say, everybody's got that point that they got to reach. Yeah. Nobody can get you there before you can. Yeah. You know, I mean, does uh, that make yeah, sense? I no, that makes you a know,
1: lot of sense. <laughs> you
0: know, uh, nobody's going to get help until they reach whatever point that that, that is that it, it is that they need to reach. Yeah,
2: that's exactly right. Whether
0: it be in a body bag yeah. or in the hospital in a coma, whatever, you know, somebody, it takes extremes sometimes for people to realize yeah. what's got to happen.
1: It does. It really does. <clears throat> it does. And, uh, you know, two days, two minutes, either way, it's a, it's a huge thing, you know, to get sober. but uh. Mm-hmm. It, it is so worth it when you uh can smile and feel it and just like laugh till you cry like you know you hear people say that but when you're sober and you can feel how ha- just the the happiness in your heart or yeah. to even feel sadness was an awesome thing for me you know because mm-hmm. I, mean? I spent so long it didn't feel nothing yeah.
0: kind of numbed everything yeah, I guess
1: Yeah, it did and uh you know today I feel today I'm a mom today I'm a Sister Today, I'm um, a friend to whoever, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and I put my, my heart and soul into what I'm doing, and I thank Lynetta Hunter for just... Lighting a fire in me, man. That things would have been just dreams if it wasn't wasn't for her. She's good. Yeah, she's
0: a real good lady. Her and her husband Paul both yeah. are doing amazing things.
1: They are, you know. Nobody really sees uh, <clears throat> what she does behind closed doors for people in this county and for. Yeah, she don't advertise. It. It. No, she's. An she angel.
0: doesn't. I mean, she doesn't go out here talking about all that she does mm-hmm. or anything. She's very behind the scenes person. Uh, both of them, but they deserve a lot of gratitude from a lot of people in this county.
1: Yeah, they do. They're they're genuine, genuine people. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, you know, she just she just lit a fire in me that have been building for a long time and uh mm-hmm. what I do would have just been something I dreamed of if it wasn't for her being like, you know, why don't you do that? All right, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know.
0: Now you're uh sling some hope. You've got some more stuff coming up, right? You yeah, wanna uh, tell about that? When it is and stuff?
1: Uh we're gonna be in the parade. Um I'm planning another event for September. Um I got a few people that uh that I'm gonna contact, you know. Um anybody that's out there that's uh got a little sober time that has a testimony to tell, you know, uh get up with me. Uh you yeah. know, uh, the more testimonies the better. Mm-hmm. What whatever it is, you know, uh, we'll celebrate it. And your testimony might might be what somebody, you know, this is what I say. Your testimony might be one person's survival guide. Oh, absolutely. You know, so yeah. uh, what you say may be what they live by for the rest of their life. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anybody that's interested, what I don't I don't care the circumstances. You know, get up with me and and I'll put you in front of a audience of people or people that's in rehabs or or whatever you know people bring people from rehabs to listen or it's amazing um yeah. you know it, it takes a lot of work to get one together but just to to see people just light up you know talking about being sober and getting their life together it's an amazing thing
0: they're some of the happiest people <laughs> yeah. i've ever met they really yeah. are yeah. They, that's no joke uh, it may sound funny but uh the excitement <laughs> yeah. coming from somebody that's recovered a recovering addict It's really something to see
1: yeah it is it really is like i said you know i got i got this from baby and jessica and them you know uh, today we're busy living yeah and that's so true yeah because uh, the things that we took advantage of or the things we didn't get to to do for so long today it's it's a pleasure to do and i use this a lot instead of being like man i have to man i get to yeah yeah. (laughs) you know what i mean that's good it changes the whole perspective on things
0: yeah absolutely you know yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome way to look at it. Yeah. That's you know a lot of even people that isn't um, dealing with addiction could learn could should take what you just said there in, in, into their own life. You know, yeah. I know I am guilty of. I got to do this. I have to do this. Yeah. I should look at it like I get to do this. Yeah. I get to do that. I get to go here. You know, that's 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 a good thing that people need to really remember. Yeah. Right there. That you are able
1: <laughs> and get yeah. to do
0: these things versus having to do them.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: There's a lot of people out there that don't get to do any of it.
1: That's exactly right. My poor uncle, he uh, lived his whole life in a wheelchair. I never seen the man be, you know, uh, he never, ever was grouchy. He never, ever... You know, and I if I would have been in his shape I'd have been bitter. Ooh, yeah, you know, yeah. Never got to walk, never got to do all these things, but he never was. He was a he was a big inspiration in my life. Your wife knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. It's my yeah. Steve, she, uh, Oh yeah. Um,
0: they don't make them like that no more, you they know? Don't. They, they sure don't make them don't. like that no more. Uh
1: they
0: don't. It's tough people back then. Yeah. They don't yeah. They don't complain, they don't say anything.
2: That's right.
0: They could walk around with a broke leg; they'd still be walking around. Yeah,
2: working, on it. <laughs> working. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> digging a ditch.
1: Yeah, cutting, cutting logs or something.
0: Yeah, well, oh, it's something else. Addiction, addiction is such a—it's so bad, and uh, unfortunately, I, I've said this before. I believe it. I believe drugs is always going to be here. Oh yeah, they are.
1: And you know, uh, it, it, the fentanyl thing—you know—it's scary because uh, it's like heroin you know heroin is a big thing and stuff but it's heroin times like 10 um yeah and our baby's got to grow up in this world our baby's got to grow up in this county and if uh if we don't reach out and do something there's always going to be that person that's going to offer that to our children and if we don't instill they say you know it takes the faith of a mustard seed to believe in the lord well think of what it could take for your children to believe you know Drugs are wrong. If somebody offers you this, you tell them. You know, if you lead by example, they're going to follow. Yeah. And that's one big thing I try to do with my younger kids. You know, either I'm going to beat it in their head so strong that you know it, you're going to do this, or they're going to be like, man, she's crazy, and I have to try. It, yeah, yeah, So one of the two. <laughs> and I'm hoping that, that yeah. it's it's the right thing. You know, that's all you can do, but it's it's epic there's going to be that one kid you know that's like here hit this or whether it's a cigarette or whatever there will be our, our children yeah. will come in contact with that oh
0: absolutely and and absolutely. we
1: we as parents is is our job is to prepare our children for life so you know mm-hmm. why not telling them about drugs even if they've never experienced it tell yeah them about it. You know that's I mean?
0: huge i mean if they don't know what it is they don't know not no, to do it that's
1: right they don't know it's wrong
0: We we let them know about everything else in this world that's wrong. That's right. And not to do the bad things. Yep. Why do we try to not tell them at all about drugs? Yeah. Each individual drug. That's right. You know, I think it's very ignorant for people not to sit down or make it common knowledge with your children what drugs are, and what that and what is there out there for you to be uh, destroyed by. Yeah. You know you got to let them know what to look out for
1: that's exactly right that's exactly right um you know and that's why even if my kids are just walking around there usually at everything i do you know they don't like it <laughs> yeah yeah but they're gonna do it you know
0: yeah well that's i don't know growing up is hard i know it was hard when i was going up through school and times was so much better back then oh yeah versus yeah. now mm-hmm. you know i mean there was drugs available you know obviously but times were just different in a way. People handled things in a different way, you know, uh, with the with the coming of, just like you said, fentanyl. It, you, can, you can die from touching this touching. stuff. That's right. You know, who would have ever thought you could die from touching something, yeah. you know? That's right. The, <sighs> times is just so crazy, and the world is so evil.
1: And, you know, I think a lot of the thing, too, like with the school thing, the reason why all <clears> that— You know, uh, nowadays, man, uh, people, people are, they have more feelings than they've ever had. And And they get in them, too, so easily. I think it's crazy, you know. Everybody always getting their feelings hurt over something,
0: so. uh, I'm real good at hurting people's feelings. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I love it. Uh, That's just,
0: uh, that's just, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't sugarcoat nothing for nobody.
1: Yeah, and that's awesome. I love that. You know, uh, some people need to hear the raw, real truth. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's going to help them if you sugarcoat it and, and they go and and do something stupid. You know, maybe if you'd have been told them the truth about it, and yeah, it would have changed the outcome.
0: Yeah, it would have. Yeah. It would have. I believe so. Now, you said you're going to try to do that event every month?
1: Yeah, I'm going to try to do it once a month. I don't know if I will <clears throat> pull that off, but I'm going to try my best to.
0: Well, I hope you do because I hope you're able to do it because that in these types of towns having an event like that as often as possible is so important yeah, to have is. something i mean as often as you can
2: yeah.
0: for people to go to rather than go to that place where they get their their drug of their choice thing, yeah. or you a know, funeral they may pat, they may be on their way to that place and see you down there at the ballpark yeah. or whatever and make that left turn yeah or that right turn right. you know it could save a lot of people's lives so i hope you're able to do it just as often as you want to do it
1: yeah me too i um i'm reaching for at least once a month and and next year starting in january i'd like to uh have it already you know not already planned out but just already know what day
0: I'm doing it on and it
1: just to be a continuing thing you know Mm -hmm. every single month to have these recovery rallies it doesn't have to be people local but man that what would it be for uh, for people to stand up that's from around here just to take our county back you know yeah That'd be yeah, awesome. yeah you know, there's well, uh, there's no uh, there's no better testimony than somebody you went to school with or somebody you seen or used with in the madness to to, yeah. to watch them you know be a different person so that's what i'm aiming for but like you said everybody recovers different everybody recovers at a different pace maybe some people ain't ain't able to Give their testimony. I know I wouldn't, and it's my, you know, it's my event. I just yeah. rose. Mm-hmm. You know, I will be able to get up there. And, oh yeah, you and, will. And do it. Um, it'll take a little time.
0: You'll be the loudest one here for, for a long. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> you will be, because
1: you know, I got too much passion about it. Yeah. but uh But you know, just just be there. Just be there to support. You know what's going on, and if you don't want to tell your story there. You know, find a post about it and and write your testimony in a post. You know, mm-hmm. even if if that's the way you want to do it. You know, yeah. just just however, um, it's it's blessed me so I know. You know, somebody that feels like that they just don't have nobody to talk to, man. Like mm-hmm. what. What better people do you have to talk to than this? Because that's one thing that addicts have. You know, you can have a million people that's been stuck in addiction, and we have one thing in common, Yeah. and that's addiction. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. So there's not nothing in this person's story or in that person's story that anybody that's been in addiction cannot say, hey, I've either been in something similar or I know all about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know, we, we will have input or tell you what we did or how you can, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: So it's just like a, a brotherhood and sisterhood, you know. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. really is. Uh,
0: with this event that you've got going on, uh, if there's anything I can do as far as just, you know, whatever, if I've got the time and I ain't got nothing going on, holler at me. Yeah, for sure. I'll help you out any way I can, whether it be – coming down there to do something or advertising it on here yeah, i'd be sure, tickled be awesome. to death to, to put it out there for you so you just holler at me on facebook or whatever and uh, tell me what you need and i'll try my best to get it done for you
1: yeah i sure will and i thank you so much for uh for having me here uh, i was kind of nervous about it but you know <clears> i i'm not nervous now <laughs> oh yeah everybody <laughs> really easy. loosens up <laughs> yeah. you
0: know once they realize that they you're just talking yeah you know <laughs> they, they they chill out pretty good
1: it was pretty easy, um, you know, and I encourage other people that has got their life together and that um, that don't have little kids that's going to listen to the podcast and people that you don't want to hurt their feelings and has real and raw stories to, to come on here and, and give yeah. their testimony to because it's a new type of freedom when you can be honest with yourself, you know. Yeah. Um, and if anybody can, you know, make my meetings on Saturday night, um, just... Uh, And you do
0: have them down here at the ballpark in the key, or at the
1: community center? Oh, the community center. I'm sorry. Um, It's a chill little spot. You know, uh, we we just make coffee. It's air conditioned or or whatever, and we talk. We do like a traditional meeting, but if somebody needs to talk about something else, uh, it can go. However, you know, we're we're down for that. Now, what
0: days are those on?
1: It's on Saturdays at six. I started at six. Sometimes, most of the time, I just do. uh, traditional hour because usually that's about how long it it lasts okay. um but if if need be you know i can i can stay there longer than that um,
0: The can com- i'm sorry the community center it's next to whistle stop mm-hmm. okay yeah. all right mm-hmm. i got right you
1: next to um, i'm just writing all this down <laughs> and like i said there's a there's no freedom like just being free from just being able to tell your story and be raw and real with it you know it, it feels like a million pounds let off of you, you know oh absolutely i encourage people that's that's in early addiction to define their self and to uh, tell Mm -hmm. their testimony as many places as they can tell it and they'll find that every time it's different. (laughs) You know,
0: know, I would even go so far as to say, uh, if you are a current drug abuser, come on here and talk to us and tell us. Yeah, You know, it, it may be just as therapeutic for you yeah. to come on here and vent, as it is for me. But if you've got an ongoing addiction or something, or if you see it, feel, feel yourself falling into that trap, uh, get up with me somehow. And uh, we'll get on here and let you talk about it.
1: That's awesome. You know, and, and other people <clears throat> that hear, you know, somebody else's triggers or what they live through, it, it yeah. may make some 17-year-old kid that's uh, dabbling in that drug be like, man, you know, I heard that person's story of, of what they have to do in a day to feel normal, and I don't want no part of that. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, uh, Sobriety is a beautiful thing, but being an addict ain't. I mean, you're not a bad person. You just make bad choices, and I yeah. love them all. To, oh, yeah. For me to sit here and say that my passion is recovery, yeah, but my passion is the addict that still suffers. Mm-hmm. When I say my prayer, I always include God. You know, you be with that addict that still suffers and that whole yeah. cool child that's stuck in it too.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate y'all stopping by. It's been great listen, listening to you and I appreciate you being so blunt and so uh so just out there with your start willing to tell your story. Uh it's been awesome. I appreciate you coming by.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Y'all stay tuned for the next episode. Appreciate you.